Alright guys, if you guys can give a quick round of applause for a very awesome person that is going to be preaching tonight, Naharka! <laughs> Lexi and Tanner. Let's give it up for them one more time. Amazing. This is a good song, Matthew. It's a good song. I like it. Speaking of songs, if you don't already follow Undivided Youth on our Spotify, what are you doing? Go follow them. Go follow our podcast. Um, how is everyone doing? Good? Amazing. Guys, worship was so fun. Worship was so Fun. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I have a couple things before I get started. Um, I want to hype up UD Breakfast Club one more time. Come on. Can we get up for the Hannah and Ethan Gibbons? I may be biased, but they are the best people. And if you are someone that wakes up at 9 a.m. on Sunday, maybe wait, you wake up at 10 a.m., maybe 11 a.m., well, get your butts up here, 9 a.m. in the NPR. You, want, you don't want to miss it. It's going to be so fun this Sunday. Um, other thing, okay, I know a couple weeks back, Malachi hyped up UD Boys Night, but I'm here to hype up UD Girls Night, you guys. Come on. Come on. Cool. Max, could we get the number up real quick? I know none of my girls texted the number yet, so I'm going to give you guys a good five seconds. Text girls, girls with a Z, to that number. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a good time, you guys. I'm going to be, we're all going to come in PJs. We're going to have a good time. Put a face mask on eat some dinner, maybe Chipotle. I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, but no, girls night will be better. I may be biased, but girls night will be better. Okay. I think we're good. No, don't put the boys one up. Just kidding. Put the boys one up. Awesome. You guys. Well, if we have not already met, my name is Naharka. And tonight I get the honor and privilege to talk a little bit more about the series called up, right? And so if you don't follow our social media, maybe you don't follow our Instagram, maybe you don't have us on email, tonight's a special night. Tonight is going to be a fun night. Tonight is small groups night. Can I get a little like whoop, whoop, go. Thank you, amazing. Um, You guys, I am so excited for small groups. Um, It's our first one of the year, so if you're like, Narka, what's small groups? Well, we're all finding out today because we're all here for the first time, 2022. Um, Small groups, you guys, it's going to be so fun. I know earlier before service started, we were talking about how 2022 will be the year that we get to find community. That 2022 is the year that we get to find our people, right? I remember when I started coming here as a junior in high school, I started coming and I would look around and go, who are these people? You know, I had my one friend that I would take, but honestly, I would look around and go, who are these people? And for the longest time, I was like, God, why did you bring me to Undivided? And I, I don't know why. I don't know the reason. I don't know why I'm here. And I truly believe that God places us in community before we know we need community. That we, God places us in community in people that he needs us to surround ourselves with before we even know it. I remember when I was a junior, I would show up and show up and show up and not really know the power of community until I got placed in a small group, until I had a small group leader, and that's where things started shifting for me. That's where I started coming in on Wednesdays, not right at 7 p.m. I started coming in at UD at like 6.40 p.m., 6.30 p.m., because I wanted to hang out with my people before service started. So my prayer for tonight is that that we may all sink deeper in our faith tonight but also find people to do life with tonight. 
people that, we, that are going to challenge us, that people are going to, that are going to uplift us, that leaders here don't just show up every Wednesday night to show up. You know, they, they love you. They care about you. And maybe the people across the sanctuary right now that you don't even know who they are, and they're going to be lifetime friends of yours. And, we just, and you just don't know it yet. And so with that, small groups is an amazing part of what UD is. And I'm so excited that we get to kick that off here tonight. And so with that, if you have your Bibles open, turn to 1 Timothy 4.12. 1 Timothy 4.12. If you have yet to memorize it, do it. I dare you. Um, but 1 Timothy 4.12, it says, Don't let anyone look down upon you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So for the last three weeks, we talked about conduct, love, and speech, right? We talked about those three ideas. Tonight, we're going to talk about faith. What is faith? And so as I was talking, thinking about this idea of, okay, faith, what's the definition? And here's my own, okay? So I made my own definition, and it says, faith is trusting God with what I don't know and allowing him to have control. So in my eyes, when I hear the word faith in church, or if I hear the faith if I hear the word anywhere, I think of it's trusting God with what I don't know and allowing him to have control. Webster's Dictionary says, it's, it's, Webster's Dictionary says, complete trust or confidence in someone or something. So the, the, my own definition is trusting God with what I don't know and letting him have control. The dictionary says complete trust or confidence in someone or something. Okay, so those are the two definitions, and then I thought, let's go to the word, right? Let's go to the Bible. Let's go to the truth. What does the Bible say? In the Bible, in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith is being, being, wait, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And that's straight from the word. That's straight from scripture. Tonight, we get to learn about how we set the example of faith, right? We get to set the example of what faith is. And someone in the Bible that's a great example of that who truly knew how to have a strong faith was a guy named Joseph. I won't spoil the story of him. I want you to go into the word, dive deeper into who Joseph was. But he was someone that had the worst events happen to him, right? Like talk about a, like a rough life. That's what Joseph had. His own family turned his back on him, right? And at the same time, he was falsely accused for some things that he didn't even do. And yet, God had given him visions of what his future will look like. So here's this guy that has this messed up life that everything's going wrong for him. And yet, God gave him visions for what is in store for him. Talk about faith. And so tonight, as we're talking about this idea of setting an example of faith, we talk about, we look to Joseph and see that he had faith in something that he didn't even know that was going to happen. He had faith in what he didn't see, but he was certain that God had called him to it. Even though everything around his life looked like it wasn't going in that direction, he still had faith, believing that his visions and his dreams were from God, and that that's where his faith lied. And so tonight, we get to set an example in our faith that we get to set an example of what our faith is to other people, to us, to our parents, to our families, whatever it might be, right? That this idea of faith is an intangible idea, right? You can't just look at Hannah and go, she has faith. Like she doesn't have the words, she, she probably has faith, she does have faith, but she doesn't have the words faith written on her forehead, right? It's this intangible idea that you, we just believe that when even during worship we're seeing people lift their hands, or we're seeing people sing and we're going, that person is full of faith, but there's nothing that's written that's going, they have faith. 
No, they're not, there's nothing in it that's saying that they have faith, right? It's an intangible idea that faith is intangible, right? But the cool thing about faith is that when you take faith and you put it into action and you actually put action into faith, there's tangible results. So as we're in this idea called, called in the series called Called Up, this idea of faith will always be rooted throughout our Wednesday nights, throughout our Sunday mornings, throughout every day, right? We're always going to be talking about our faith and growing our faith. But what's so cool is that when we have our actions, we get to bring that into a tangible result, right? So tonight, as we talk about faith, I want to talk about the idea of having faith to forgive. So tonight, when we're talking about faith, I want you guys to view faith as a lens of, this isn't something we're just going to talk about tonight and not talk about it ever again. Faith is something that we're going to continue talking about today, tomorrow, the next day. Everything we talk about, if you don't have faith rooted, it doesn't make sense. And so with that, tonight, I want to give us an actual action, right? I know for all of us, I'm not going to make you raise your hand. We all have someone that we have to forgive. We all have someone that has to forgive us. And so with this idea, we're talking about faith. And if we can get the idea of faith right, everything else will make sense. But tonight, we're going to focus in on the idea of forgiveness. So at the end of the day, I want everyone, all of us to understand that if you are a person of faith, you forgive. At the end of the day, if you're a person of faith, you're going to move in the way that God's given you, right? So if you're titling this message tonight, title it, Faith to Forgive. Turn to your neighbor and say, Faith to Forgive. Awesome. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've brought each individual here in this room, God. We pray, Jesus. We pray, Jesus, that we're believing that you're going to speak to each student, each leader here tonight, God. We pray, believing that our faith will be rooted in you, God. That our faith will increase when we see that it's an intangible idea that will turn actions into tangible ideas, God. We pray that our life may be rooted in you and that our life may always follow who you are, God. So we just continue believing and praying and knowing that your will is what is in control, God. We pray that our faith may rise through your name. And in your name, everyone said, amen, amen. Okay, I want to talk a little bit more about Joseph, all right? Joseph, okay? Everyone say Joseph. Amazing. So he was actually one of 12 sons, okay? Jacob had 12 sons, so homie had 11 brothers, okay? Everyone say 11. I don't know about you guys, I have one brother, and that's enough for me. So I don't know how Joseph did 11 other guys, but moral of the story, Joseph was a favorite, okay? Joseph was someone that Jacob, that Jacob loved, right? Joseph was the favorite of the family. And so Jacob, his dad, his father loved him more than any other sons. And what's so crazy about the story is that you hear about Joseph and how Jacob loved him and how this dad literally would look at this guy and go, Joseph, I love you. Like, I love my son. And the other 11 brothers didn't like that. And maybe for some of us in this room, maybe we're the one that's the favorite. Maybe we're the one that's not the favorite. Um, But what I do know is that his brothers were jealous of him, okay? They weren't just jealous like, ooh, like, I don't like that dad likes you more than me. Like, they were jealous to the point that they sold Joseph to slavery, came home and said, dad, Joseph died. Right. So pretty much here we have Joseph that's pretty much presumed dead from his dad while his brothers went home and said, Joseph died. 
talk about jealousy, <laughs> not it. Um, and so from there, Joseph's story is really cool because eventually Joseph goes through this whole testimony of being able to just go into slavery, get into false imprisonment, and then from there eventually become the governor of Egypt. Talk about an upgrade, right? And so from there, the story goes on to talk about how there was a famine in the land, right? So at this point, a bunch of years have gone by, and there was a famine in the land. And so at this point, Joseph, being the governor of Egypt, he was in charge of the food, right? He was in charge of getting everything loaded. You know, all the supplies were in Joseph's hands. He was able to deliver this food to the people of Egypt. And so fast rewind to Joseph's brothers. Joseph's brothers needed food. They needed supplies. They were hungry. And so what did they do? They, they walked to Egypt. They went to Egypt, and they said, I need some supplies. And so what did they do? They got up there, and when they got to Egypt, they realized their brother that they sold into slavery, told their dad that he died, was the governor, was the one handing the food to the people. He was the one that was going to be handing the food to his own brothers. What? Come on, I wouldn't, I don't know, you know, maybe I won't, I won't make any of us raise our hands, but I don't know about you guys, but if your brothers did what they did, did what they did to Joseph, I would not give them food. I'm sorry, I'm a good Christian, but come on, I am not giving them food. And so with that, fast forward, I tell you all this context because we're here in this series talking about faith and forgiveness, that the idea and the story of faith is Joseph had these visions, right? He had these desires, and at the time, he didn't know what would happen, and at the time, he had these visions. Fast forward, he got sold into slavery, he went to prison, and yet he still stood true to his faith, right? And then talk about forgiveness, that everything, the irony of his brothers doing all these things and then literally being at his feet asking for food. Talk about forgiveness. Talk about the idea that Joseph had about faith and forgiveness. In Genesis 37, 5 through 8, I wanted to rewind a little bit, and it says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brother, told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to the dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheave rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. You see this idea that some of us in this room probably have some dreams, probably have some visions, probably have some goals that we want to accomplish, right? Maybe some of us want to go D1 in a sport. Maybe some of us want to just maybe get on worship team one day. Whatever it might be, we have these dreams and visions that are in our hearts, right? And some so often we're like, oh, I'm good. My life isn't looking like that. You know, my life is not looking good right now in Aharka. I am not going to make, I'm not going to go D1. I'm not going to get out of whatever I'm doing. I won't be able to be who I am because my parents can't afford to let me go to school here. Nothing in my life right now is feeling like I can do the dreams and visions that God's given me. And so tonight I want to remind us that God's given you visions. God's given you dreams for the reason for you to have faith right? If God was a God that just handed everything on a silver platter, where would our faith be? Faith is this idea that we get to trust God knowing that he's given us a vision. He's given us a dream and we're going to trust believing that we're going to continue following him until that vision comes to pass. And so with that, I just want to go back into scripture and go into fast forward 
into his vision, right? So Joseph had this dream and Joseph had this vision about how he's going to lead and how he's going to inspire. And at this time he had this dream and then fast forward all the, you know, things that happened with his brother. And now we're at this point where his brothers are at his feet in Egypt asking for food. And in Genesis 45, one through two, it says, then Joseph could no longer control himself before all his attendants. And he cried out, have everyone leave my presence. So there was no one with Joseph when he made himself known to his brothers. And he wept so loudly that the Egyptians heard him and the Pharaoh's household heard about it. You see, something about this story just doesn't stick right in, in my heart where it's like Joseph had every right to just ignore his brothers and continue going on his way, maybe not even give him food. And Joseph in that moment had the, had the moment of, I am doing all the things not because obviously I'm bringing God's vision to life, but Joseph had a bitterness in his heart. That Joseph had this bitterness in his heart that he didn't realize why he was doing all these things and why he wasn't completely happy. And then he realized that he hadn't forgiven his brothers yet. And so the power of this story, and it's really a testament of faith, that when I hear this story, I go, I, if I was in Joseph's shoes, I don't think I'd be able to do the things he did. That Joseph had no idea how his dreams were going to come into reality, but he had faith, right? Joseph had held resentment in his heart from his brothers, but through his faith, he forgave. And I'm not Joseph, so I can't speak for Joseph himself, but I truly believe if he wasn't anchored in his faith, he wouldn't have been able to forgive. That if he didn't set an example for himself or the people in Egypt, he wouldn't have the ability to forgive. He set an example in faith to set in motion forgiveness. He set an example of faith to set motion in forgiveness. I truly believe that some of us in this room feel like we're going to display our faith out to the world because someone else needs to hear it. All of us can probably think of someone, maybe a parent, maybe ourselves, that just needs to hear who Jesus is. And I'm, I'll be the first one to admit that I want my faith to be displayed out in the world because I want someone else to know Jesus. And that's all great. But I think what, where we need to realize is that our faith also is what anchors us. Our faith is what anchors us and reminds us who Jesus is. And so in moments when you have to forgive, in moments where you have to decide where you're going to school, in moments where you have to choose how to take care of your sibling while, you're, while something's going on with your parents, in situations where you don't know where the next um, meal's going to come from, if you don't know any of these decisions of the unknown, if you're not rooted in faith, you can't act on faith. And so with that, I'm just challenged by the story of Joseph because you don't understand how much faith means to you until you're in a season where you're wrestling, right? Faith is emotion in the unseen. Faith is trusting. Faith is seeing the unseen. Faith is trusting what you may not know. Faith is discerning the spirit and what you decide. And faith is a relationship with God, right? But faith is not you having all the control. You can't just show up in this room expecting God to hand you all the things he needs you to, he needs you to have, right? Faith is knowing that you don't have any control. Faith is not the college you're going to go to. Faith is not the friend group you're in. Faith is not the relationship you're dating. 
that faith is a relation is a muscle that we get to build, right? Faith is something that when we come into this room, it's all fun and games getting to play the games. It's all fun getting to be with friends. But at the end of the day, if you're not meeting with Jesus one-on-one every single day, you're doing Jesus a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice. And so with that, faith is a muscle we get to build, right? We build it by our own time, our own actions, in community, and in serving. That faith is built by our own time, so by getting in the word, right? In our own actions. By how are, we, how are we going to be Christians today, right? How are we going to be believers? How am I going to be someone that shows my faith in my school? Faith in community. It's coming to, coming to UD. It's coming to challenge one another. It's coming to really leave the sanctuary every single Wednesday night going, I'm better because blank. And fourth, it's in serving, right? Let's get ways for what are ways that you can get plugged into in the way that your muscle of faith gets built, right? Because your muscle will be built when you see other people also coming to Christ. And that comes when you serve. And so with that, if you're a person of faith, I just want to tie it all back in that if you're a person of faith, you forgive. That you set an example of your faith and your forgiveness is an outward display of your faith. And so as we're talking about this idea of faith and forgiveness, that if you don't have faith, your forgiveness won't mean anything. And you could forgive someone, but do you really have faith enough to believe that that you, you meant that when you said sorry? And so here's two ways to have faith to forgive. Two ways to have faith to forgive. Number one, seek out alone time with God. Seek out alone time with God. I truly believe that our faith is built knowing the word. Even a couple weeks ago when we were talking about memorizing scripture, it's so important because if we know the truth for ourselves, that's, that's a game changer for us, right? If we know that our faith is built in knowing the word, the word doesn't change. The word isn't an Instagram feed. The word isn't a Twitter feed where things are changing constantly when you update it. The word stays the same. So when we go deeper with Jesus through his words and we seek out time to be with Jesus, seeking out time to be with Jesus doesn't just provide peace, which equates to faith, but in the moment, it also provides longevity to our faith. That when we're getting in the word, we're not getting into the word just for today. We're not getting into the word so we can get to the end of the summer. We're not getting in our faith, getting in the word because we need to make it to senior year. We're getting in our faith because 40 years down the road, when you're at a church, when you're here sitting on a Sunday morning, seeing young people like you right now sitting in the church building, you can say that your faith was in it for the long haul, right? And so with that, seeking out alone time with God is how you have faith to forgive. That when you realize that this isn't just something that you're doing in this season, that you're, you're a believer for the long haul, that this forgiveness is just one portion of what you're doing in your lifetime. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we live by faith, not by sight. How cool would it be for us to walk into this room every single Wednesday and go, okay, God, tell me what you want to do. Rather than coming in with our own agenda of, okay, God, I, want, I need to fix this. I need this. God, can you tell me where I'm going to go to school? God, I don't like this friend that's standing next to me. So like remove her, do something. I don't know. Do whatever. Um, when we come to God with all these things, we're not letting him have control. Because then he goes, okay, okay, Maddie, I'll sort out your list of things that you need to get done, and then I'll tell you what I want to tell you. You realize when we come into the building, when we come into worship, we get to come in with the idea that God can have his way. God can do what he wants to do. So when we live in this idea of faith, we're living in this idea of, God, you do what you want to do. 
and I will watch you do your will. And so number two, shift your perspective from yourself to Jesus. Shift your perspective from yourself to Jesus. Most of the time, I think we lack faith or a willingness to forgive because so often we're wrapped in our own heads of, it's about me. It's literally about me. Um, I told this story to a couple student leaders this past week, but I was reminded a couple weeks ago that I was really self-centered, that I really cared a lot about what I thought about myself and where my life was. I'm such a type A person with, okay, if I have a problem with someone or if I have a really busy schedule going on or whatever it might be, I can do it on my own. I can figure all of this on my own. If I have some problem doing whatever, whatever it might be, I can do it on my own. And so I was sitting in my room at like 10.30 p.m. with my a planner open and I was like, okay, if I can just write down everything, if I can just sort everything out, if I can just have times where I have to meet with a friend, talk about whatever, do whatever, I'll, I'll have it together, right? I'll, God, God will understand that I'm doing this on my own, right? And so often I have to realize that in that moment, as I'm sitting there with my planner open, I wasn't being flooded with peace. I was being flooded with more anxiety. I was filled with more just confusion. I was just filled with more like doubt, right? When you realize that you have no control over your life, there's so much freedom in that. That you realize when, when you put control on yourself, it really just means it's all about you. That when you're going, oh, I can do this, I can do that, I can do this, and you're grabbing onto of all these things, God's going, what about me? What am I supposed to do? What can I carry for you? What can I do for you? And so often we feel, we feel this idea of burnout, right? We feel this idea of we can't forgive them or we feel this idea of I can't do this, like I can't do this. And so often God's right there next to us going, what about me? What can I do to help? And so often I see students or even myself just with that story that you get flooded with doubt. You get flooded with confusion. You get flooded with anxiety and you go, what, what am I supposed to do? And it's not an overnight thing. And trust me, even the next morning I woke up and I was still doubtful. I still had questions. And yet I knew in that moment God had spoken and said, what about me? What can I carry for you? What can I do for you? And yet here we are, right? We're here to worship God. And yet we're here to worship God and listen and grow in God and grow in our faith. Not because he likes it. He loves getting to see our faith grow, but he loves getting to see our faith grow because he can take more control. He can lighten our weight. He can lighten our shoulders from what we have. So two ways to faith, to have faith, to forgive is number one, seek out alone time with God. And number two, shift your perspective from yourself to Jesus. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you allow us to be in this space, God. We thank you in this next season that we allow our faith to grow, not just for the ones around us, but for ourselves, God. We pray that we, you allow us to have faith to forgive our enemies. You allow us to have faith to forgive the ones closest to us. You allow us to have faith to forgive us as a daily prayer. We pray, God, in this room that individuals here that come on a weekly basis find community, not just friends that they'll have for a lifetime, but friends that'll challenge them. 
friends that'll tell them when they're going the wrong way, friends that'll tell them that they're just where they're supposed to be, God. We pray as we go into community, we allow our faith to grow because we see others' faith growing. God, we pray we can be a community that's on fire for the Lord and we can allow others to see Jesus through us. God, we thank you for who you are and we thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. And we just pray as we go into small groups, God, we pray that we let our walls down. God, we pray that we let our walls down knowing that you have put us in this community for a reason. And in your name, everyone said, amen.